0: I'm Becky Harmon, author and worker bee here at the Bella Books Warehouse in Tallahassee, Florida. Bella Books is proud to be the largest lesbian-owned press devoted to the publication of books written for, by, and about women loving women. Welcome to our What's New at Bella podcast. With me today is Bella Books author Catherine Miorizzi. Catherine has six titles with Bella Books and her most recent, Taking a Chance on Love, just released in June 2020. Catherine lives in New York City with her wife and often writes under the watchful eye of Edgar Allan Poe in Edgar's cafe near her apartment. Or used to, yeah, right. Times are a little bit different. Yeah,
1: I've barely been out of the house. So, um, in the in three months, I think I've taken like five walks in the evening. But other than that, I'm pretty
0: much in the house yeah no writing at the local cafe that's for sure.
1: All the writing in my local living room and uh <laughs> and uh at the kitchen table occasionally but
0: and does your wife serve you coffee when you're writing? <laughs> uh, no, but she makes my dinner
1: every night <laughs> actually she's been making these wonderful gourmet meals uh which is is fabulous i, I was before Before January, I was the main cook in the house. I cooked dinner every night, just about. And then I had a back, I had a nerve problem in January. So January, February, and part of March, I was on my back. I couldn't really walk or sit up very long. Um, So she took over the meals. And then, of course, you know, in mid-March, we went into hibernation. So she just continued it, and she's really gotten into it, so. So it's good. I get my meals
0: every night. And I know that you love Italian food. Does she Does I she do. make you yes. your Italian food as good as you make it?
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> she, she checks with me on that. So <laughs> I she make cooked. the lasagna still, but other than that, she, she,
0: she makes uh, Italian food. She does it under your watchful eye. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> but, you know, she's been making sauce uh, for years, uh, tomato sauce. As my family made it, so you know
0: oh. it's nothing. That's nothing new. Um, yes, you guys have been together for quite a while, right? Yeah, we never quite
1: know how long. We can't seem to keep track of it, but it's in the 40s, uh, probably 44 years, 45 years, something like that. Um, wow. We, you know, in the old days, you didn't know when you really what to mark as your anniversary because it could be when you met, when the first time you had sex, the first time <laughs> when you moved in together. I mean, you know, right. we could never figure out what our <laughs> anniversary is. Once we got married, you know, we know how long we've been married, but that came long after uh, right. we got together. So,
0: How long have you been married officially?
1: Um, we got married in 2008, August 8th, 2008,
0: and purely –
1: on a whim, actually, because uh, we went to Cape Cod with our closest friends and their son and a, a couple of varied other children that uh, my friends brought with them, and, and we were there for three weeks. And uh, we had laughed about getting married there, but you couldn't get married in that Massachusetts unless you lived there. Uh, until the week we went on vacation, they changed the law. So we, you know, the four of us and <laughs> looked at each other. So, well, why do we get married? Destiny. <laughs> so, you know, so because none of us ever really wanted or thought about getting married. I mean, I never thought I'd see marriage in my time for us. But, uh, you know, so it was sort of on a whim. We, we went down to City Hall, got licenses. We got the uh, city manager person who could marry you we we went out to the park, and she married – we were two couples. She married us one at a time. Then we went out to dinner, and that was it. It was like, – we didn't – you know, it was no big gowns or families or just that. You know, we are at a time when, first of all, we never imagined it. So we – and none of us really sort of – we always felt it was, a you know, a uh, patriarchal <laughs> institution.
0: <laughs> <Right>. But <clears> – <throat>
1: We did it for um, legal reasons because, right. you know, um, to give us the rights to be there for each other. And my friends had adopted uh, a son, and they both were able to adopt him. But still, once you're married, it's it's different. You know, people look at you
0: different. It's very true. And so I was going to ask you if you had any pets. Uh, no, just my wife. (laughs) No dogs, no cats. No pigeons. Pigeons on the windowsill? Plenty of pigeons on the
1: (laughs) windowsill. Sherry runs around chasing them away because, you know, they do bring uh, fleas sometimes, you know, especially we always have our windows open because neither one of us is crazy about air conditioning. So unless it's like 100 degrees, we don't put the air conditioning on. But the windows are always open. So, um... But yeah, we used to have uh one time when we got together, Sherry had this huge collie. So we she lived with us until she died and then um but we've always had cats until uh well um I guess it's been a while because our cat, the last cat that we had got sick and we had to put it to sleep. And we were traveling at the time, you know, we were liking to travel at the time, so I never wanted to get another one because, you know, you have to either find a place, you know, friends to take care of her, or, yeah, so, but I love cats. I, we're both thinking about it, but Maybe Mm -hmm. one of these
0: days we'll get another cat or two cats. I would get two. Two. They got to have somebody to play with. Yeah, yeah. So how long have you lived in New York? Actually in New York City. Uh,
1: I moved here in 1968, Um, so uh, what is that, 70, 30, 52 years, I guess. Yeah, it was 68. Wow. Yeah. From where? Uh, About 12 miles away (laughs) in New Jersey. Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, it could be a 1,000 miles away, the distance between... New Jersey, and then anyway, now it's a little different because everybody, you know, people uh, move to New Jersey and still commute.
0: Right. But when I
1: first started commuting to New Jersey, this was before I moved, and I was working in New York City, and people I was working with were like, "Oh my God, you live in New Jersey, <laughs> and you come here every day." <laughs> you know, was, I mean, in the meantime, people were commuting from Long Island, which was further away, but it wasn't quite, I don't know, it seemed to them foreign.
0: Yeah. What brought you to New York? Uh, to New York City? Yeah. Or New York? You know,
1: I don't know why. I mean, I, I always assumed I would work in New York City, and I don't really know why, uh, because nobody in my family had ever done that. Uh, but when I graduated from college, um, I guess it was just the people I was interviewing with, you know, people who came to the college and, and, and ads that I answered in the New York Times. So it made sense that, uh, that I would work here. And then once I was working here, uh, it didn't take me too long to figure out that uh, I wanted to live here. So
0: um,
1: so I did. I moved, moved got an apartment. Um, that was after I took a six-month leave of absence and traveled in Europe with a friend. So. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah, that was, uh, I can't believe I did it. You know, I was sort of very, I still am, I guess, very conservative. And, you know, we we were working at Honeywell Computers and uh, Honeywell wasn't doing that well. And they used to, we were troubleshooters. So they kept us in the office and we were bored out of our minds, and we started talking about taking this trip to uh, to Europe. And we started with three weeks, and then it became four weeks, and then you know as time went on, it became six weeks.
0: Oh my and So goodness. when we
1: asked for leave, you know, time off six weeks, they said, "Oh no, you you can't, you know, you can't do that. You'll have to resign." We said, "Okay," <laughs> I said, and that was it. You know, we went, uh, and we actually were there. Probably about five and a half months traveling, driving around. We went as far as Istanbul, which in 1960, oh, it was 66 when I moved into the city. Sorry. Um, 1966 was really quite different than I think it is today. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, and we drove, you know, we drove from all across. We took the boat from Italy to Greece, and then we drove through Greece and we went to
0: Wow, Turkey.
1: and uh, I have a, a funny story. We went when we crossed the border, and in those days, you know, we we you know we wore dresses because you didn't wear pants in Italy or in Europe. People were more; it was more. Everybody wore dresses, and of course, even at work, we all had to wear dresses in those days. And um, so we we drive into Turkey, and we needed to cash dollars for lira. So we're driving through the countryside towards Istanbul, and we see a town off the road uh, to the left. And so we said, why don't we, I'm sure they'll have a bank. (laughs) Anyway, we drove off, and it was this long road, and as we drove along this long road into this town, there were men lining the sides of the road. It was those, and we kept, we didn't, we just kept going, and we got into town, and there were all these men standing around. We didn't see a one woman. And we found a bank. We ran in, got cash, ran out. We were so frightened because it was, you know, it was quiet. Nobody spoke to us. Uh, it was like this scary movie. Not that they did anything, right. but it was just the atmosphere, you know. So we got out of there as fast as we could. Um, wow. And stayed in Istanbul. We found a, a hotel that was a new hotel It was just opening and was reasonable in our price range because every place was disgusting and this was brand new and clean and uh, turned out we found out the next day it was in an area that was off limits to the u.s navy oops (laughs) but we stayed there were some guys there who worked on the oil rigs some american guys and we hung out with them but it was a little scary. That that was a strange trip, that part of the trip.
0: That whole trip is amazing. I can't imagine Yeah, it was that wonderful. time I mean, period. It's once
1: in a lifetime time.
0: Yeah. And as young as you were, it just goes to show when you're young you think differently. You definitely do.
1: <laughs> definitely do. here I am, you know, afraid to go out of the house now. Because of my age and, you know, whatever my illness is. Not that I'm, I'm not ill. I have high blood pressure. But still, you know, it's a little scary to think about it. It
0: is. So, you
1: know, all these things you have to figure out. But life is good, actually, for us. So I'm not
0: complaining. Catherine and I will be right back after a short break. I like how your features soften in the dashboard glow. Are you looking for something to do during those stay at home hours? Check out the Bella Media Channel. Just follow the link at the bottom of the Bella Books homepage or go directly to bellamediachannel.com. You'll find plenty of entertainment and lots of book reviews and articles. And if that's not enough for you, then turn over to the Bella YouTube channel, where you'll find Bella authors have invited you into their homes with video readings for your enjoyment. Welcome back to the What's New at Bella podcast. I'm your host, Becky Harmon, and with me today is Bella Books author, Katherine Muirizzi. Catherine's first book, Matters of the Heart, was published in 2016. You have four romances now, including That's the right. one that just came out in June, Taking a Chance on Love, and then two of NYPD detective Chiara Corelli. So let's talk about um, taking a chance on love. I know this one was kind of like your usual romance, but there's going to be an addition to it, right? You're going to do a second.
1: Yes. It's already written, although I think in light of having just, you know, come out with the first part of it, um, uh, I'll probably have to go back and make some changes in it. But it started um, as one book. I wrote this book, and turned out that my original vision was was the second part of what I wrote, and it didn't it didn't really go together. It didn't really um, I don't know they were too different I think <clears throat> to be one book. And so um, after discussing it with those that be at Bella Books, <laughs> I realized that probably uh, you know it wouldn't work the way it was, and so I. I separated into two books and um I finished writing the first the back the second first because I I had mostly had that and that's the problem that I've had with that is that it's not a romance per se uh although there is you know a happy end happy ever happily ever after at the end but it's not a traditional romance it's more like a uh, women's issues fiction or general fiction
0: uh, kind of book, and, and that's the second one. But the first one the, one, the first one Would that you, just came out this month is is
1: the romance. Uh, it's the same characters. It's basically, you know, this is how they got together, and then there's this thing that happens later um, in this other book. I mean, they're standalones. You don't really have to read both um and uh but they they go together you could say the the first uh, taking a chance on love is maybe the prequel although since it's coming first maybe the other one which i've tentatively tentatively titled the disappearance of lindy james uh is is the sequel
0: which sounds intriguing yeah yeah it, <laughs>
1: I actually I enjoyed writing. It was hard, but I enjoyed writing it. So I'd like to see that one in 2021 also if if uh, I I can do that maybe later in the year. Um so taking a chance on love is um, I is a I don't know, I seem to be on this winter theme. <laughs> it takes place in a you know, it starts off in this freak blizzard, sort of a very cold time in October, which is unusual, but we have had freak blizzards in in October up here in in uh, New York. It takes place in New Jersey in Hackstack, uh, which is where I grew up. It's about eight eight miles from here, uh, over the George Washington Bridge, and it's uh it's you know the other three romances I've written, uh, Matters of the Heart, No One But You, and uh, Ready for Love, all have wealthy characters. Um, these two are working class. One one is a cop, the other is, works in a trucking company. And uh, so it's a little different um, from that point of view. And, um, you know, it's, they're both attracted immediately, but there's a lot of stuff, of course, to keep them apart. But uh, um, I think I like it a lot. I, I've gotten some good feedback on it. So I'm hoping that Readers will, will like it. Would you
0: enjoy writing more, Your, the mysteries?
1: I started out writing mysteries. I mean, my mysteries were the first books I wrote, the first two books in the Chiara series, even though they've only been published in the last couple of years. After my first uh, two romances, I wrote them first. I started out writing mysteries and sort of stumbled on romance by accident. <laughs> Really, I had never, ever written any or read any romance, straight or lesbian, um, before I wrote a short story about the Chiara's love interest uh, in in the mystery. I, I was trying to explore her background, and so I wrote this short story just to do that, and turned out to be a romance, which shot the hell out of me, <laughs> because... <laughs> I, I didn't, I mean, maybe I shouldn't have been shocked, but, so that got me interested in romance, um, and actually it was published in a, uh anthology, Best Lesbian Romance of 2014, um, and, and I read some of the other stories in that anthology, and I was curious, and I started poking around, and, you know, I found people like Georgia Beers and uh, K.G., So I really got sucked in, um, and I started writing. um, Had this experience of these two women sort of hounding me in my head. It was the weird. It hasn't happened since.
0: That's a sound you probably hear all the time in the background there.
1: The were... Well, you hear the uh, siren? Yeah. 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 Well, the windows are open. But, you know, uh, actually we hear fewer sirens than we were hearing in the beginning of this thing, you know?
0: Yeah. It was did, like
1: there was constant. Uh,
0: I didn't mean to get you off topic. Uh,
1: so anyway, the, uh, so, you know, that's how I wrote my, my first romance. It sort of came to me, the characters came to me and the conversations came to me. And, um, and so I wrote matters of the heart. Um, so, which, i mean i I actually love writing both uh they're very you know they're very different I mean, mystery is harder in some ways because you know there's clues and suspects and it's juggling a lot more characters and events and um so in that way it's harder it's more challenging but i don't know romance i really i try to make my romances different i like to have sort of it be about something as in addition to the romance um right. you know what i mean i mean there are and it's not um you know so in matters of the heart i have it's uh, there's a stuff about heart disease as well as love romance and no one but you there's a, a parts of it about premature babies and actually early experiences uh, causing problems. And then in uh, Ready for Love, that book had got short shrift. Unfortunately, it came out in December. And and I was flat on my back and in pain for the first two months of this year. And uh, I never really did much to publicize
0: it. So um, well, now's your chance. Go ahead, and let's go back in time, and we'll pretend like it's December of 2019. Tell us about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's about a woman. Actually, she's a character, um, a very, very minor character. I think she has one line in Matters of the Heart, but she's a character in that book. And I had this image of her standing on the edge of the dance floor watching... um, the two main characters for Matter of the Heart, Darcy and Andrea, dancing their first dance as a first as a married couple and feeling bad. And from there, I just took off. And I was writing away, and all of a sudden, you know, she announced she was biracial. And it was like, I didn't know that. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> and I actually tried, I didn't want to deal with it. I just felt like there's so much angst around the you know and rightly so there's so much going on and this was before now I mean this was it was published in December it had it was like at least a year and a half before now so uh, maybe two years ago and I just felt like I didn't want to deal with it but then I couldn't I mean that's um if I didn't do that, I had to stop the book because that's who she was. And so um, I when did did it, I did a lot of reading about multiracial people, the struggles, the the pain, you know, and um, I talked to people, and I actually had somebody read it to make sure I wasn't totally off the wall. But I, I like the book a lot, and I think it I think it's an important issue that. Um, and I'm glad I wrote it. That's the way, I mean, I I love writing. I love being able to create, make up stories and, and to, um, I like the logic of it. Do you know you, it's, it's very logical. I mean, especially in a, well, both in both, because you have to take them from one thing to another to get them to where they have to be at the end. you, have to think it through carefully, and and it has to. I mean, it doesn't always look like they're going from one thing to the other to get there, but sometimes it looks like they're going off the you know off the rails. But ultimately, the line has to be very logical, and so I like that. Uh, after all, I was a programmer at one time, <laughs> computer program, and and it's more so true in mysteries, I think, because as I said, you can't. You have to lay the groundwork. I think what is somebody who once who said, uh, was it Chekhov? If you have a gun on the wall in the first page, first chapter, you better sure have somebody shoot it by the end of the book. You know, it's like, because it has to, you can't just, you know, you have to lay the clue. I mean, you can do, you know, cl- uh, clues that divert the person, everybody from the real killer, but... But since I don't know the real killer when I start, it's, it's easy.
0: I just lay down the, the clues and then I say, oh. Oh, is that who did it? Yeah. All right. So, where can folks reach out to you? I'm on Facebook, Catherine Mayorisi. Okay. Um, I'm on Twitter,
1: at Kath Mayo, C A T H M A I, Mayorisi, actually, Kath M A I. O R I S I and uh my website is w I like how the river the wheels against
0: the road quickens with my So that's it for us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you'll share it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know who I'm chatting with. You can share your likes and dislikes of this podcast by reaching out to becky at bellabooks.com. We are rushing forward. I'll take you. I'll take you anywhere. Bella Books is proud to provide books where the woman always wins and the story lingers in our minds long after the last words. Special thanks to singer-songwriter and Bella Books author Jamie Anderson for the use of her song Drive All Night during this podcast. You can find out more information about Jamie including a link to her YouTube channel at jamieanderson.com all night drive